now are you ready for God's Word this morning? Okay, I got 35 minutes to give you the Word of God this morning. So let's go now to Romans chapter 12. Uh, I'm going to share something with you entitled, Sparking Zeal and Restoring Passion. So just make sure that you, you know how to do that, but don't worry about it now. But uh, right now, turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We're going to read verse 11. And this is a simple exhortation that the Apostle Paul gave to us in Romans 12 verse 11. In the context of love, in the context of loving God and loving people, he said this, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Romans 12, verse 11, one more time. This is a word of the Lord for us as we begin this new year. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Father, I pray this morning that you will come and you minister to our innermost being. Lord, I pray that you give your servant a prophetic unction so that I may speak the word that are relevant to your people here this morning. Lord, as we begin this new year, I pray for a fresh anointing so that your word will come across uh, clearly and yet authoritatively so that your people can hear what your Holy Spirit is saying to us this morning. So we commit this time of preaching now to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. During the days of apartheid, uh, apartheid in South Africa, the Bishop Desmond Tutu was actually scheduled to speak at a big open-air rally uh, on human rights. And early in the afternoon, while the organisers were still getting the, the things set up for the event, um, what happened was a black woman came, a black lady came uh, with four young children uh, with her. And they were queuing up to get front row seats for the, for the talk. And the organisers were a little bit surprised as to why she was there so early and why did she bring such young children uh, to, a, to a rally of this nature. So they walked up to her and they asked this lady, why are you here so early? And why did you bring such young children to a rally like this? And i never forget her reply. She said this, I want to start early to build a fire within their belly. I want to start early to build a fire within their belly. And what she's saying is that she wanted to light a fire of conviction, of passion, of zeal within her children early in life for this issue. Now, can you imagine, brothers and sisters, how powerful it will be if we were to, if, if the same passion can be applied to the things of God, isn't it? Can you imagine how powerful it will be if every one of us here in this church actually have a fire within our belly when it comes to the things of God? How powerful would that be? Oh, for a greater zeal and passion in the church. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is here this morning to spark a fresh zeal in all of our bellies, spark a fresh zeal within our spirit for the things of God and for the purposes of God. And I say to you that in this year, 2020, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do a new work in our midst. And He wants to spark a new zeal and a new passion inside our spirit for the things of God. Oh, for a greater zeal and passion in the church. It's a great place to say amen. You know? and, and you know what? I like you to listen with, with this, not just with your head, listen with it with your spirit and respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying. 
Now, we all know that zeal is not a distinctly Christian word. Uh, the dictionary actually defines zeal as passionate devotion to a cause or subject. The word zeal, it denotes enthusiasm, fervor, fire, passion. So zeal is actually a fire in our bones. It is fuel for our soul. It is an inner flame that drives us. It is a push we get from the spirit within us. That's what zeal is. And brothers and sisters, zeal can be applied, however, to causes that are both good as well as bad. How many of you know that? Zeal can be applied to both good and bad causes. However, one thing I know is that those who have achieved great things in the service of God and man, every one of them were characterized by zealousness and fervor. And it is this zeal within them that enabled them to actually overcome obstacles and reach their goals. So can I say to you, brothers and sisters in FCC, hear me, zeal of the right kind is a quality to be pursued. And all of us should pursue zeal. Zeal for the right purpose. And that's why the Apostle Paul challenged us in Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal. You can lack many things, but don't lack zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. The King James Version put it this way, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And this word slothful that King James used in the Greek is, is uh, okneros, which actually means this, lazy. Don't be lazy, idle, inactive, lagging behind. And I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters, when it comes to the things of God, don't be lazy. Don't slack, in other words. Don't slack, but be fervent. In total contrast, he said, be fervent in spirit. And this word fervent is the Greek word zeo, from where we get the word to boil over, to boil with heat, to be on fire, in other words, to be hot for God. Don't be slacking, but be hot for God. I think this is a metaphor that is used to denote boiling anger, boiling love, boiling zeal. Something that is so hot, it's boiling over. And that's why the NIV translates verse 11 as this, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Without zeal, you know what the Christian is like? Without zeal, the Christian is like cappuccino with no froth. You're like Coca-Cola with no bubbles. You're like a spaghetti with no sauce. You're like nasalamat with no chili. You're like fur without mint. You know, something is missing. Something is missing. We need the zeal of the Lord. How many of you say amen to that? And then this morning, I am issuing you a call to zealousness. Be zealous for the Lord. If you're going to walk with God, then do it with all of your heart. If you're going to serve God, then serve Him with all fervor. Don't be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I tell you, whatever we may lack, be it skills or knowledge or experience or ability, whatever we may lack, don't lack zeal. Because if you have zeal, you have a fire in your belly, you have a burning passion to pursue something, you will find a way to gain the skill, the knowledge, you know, and the ability necessary. What we need is zeal. We need zeal. Be zealous for the Lord. I want to see FCC gaining in intensity and zealousy in 2020. Amen. Come on. You are either zealous or you're not. 
You're either on fire or you're not. You're either pregnant or you're not. Don't be a little bit pregnant. Don't be a little bit zealous. All the way. Be zealous for the Lord. On fire for Him. See, and, and I, I, there's, a, there's a story told about a Greek orator. True story. A guy called Demos Tennis. When he first started speaking, he wanted so much to use his voice, you know, to inspire people. When he first started speaking, he got booed off the stage, you know, because his voice was harsh, it was weak, his appearance was unimpressive. A little bit like me, no, not very unimpressive. The face seems a little bit contorted when he was speaking. And worst of all, this guy got a twitch in his shoulder. Every little while, talk, 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 twitch, you know, talk, 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 twitch. And it was very ugly. The guy got booed off the stage, but he was so filled with zeal he, he, he couldn't, he's he just going to put himself to whatever it takes to become the speaker that he desires to be. So he gave himself fully, you know, to grow in his area of lack. You know what he did? True story. He shaved off half his head so that he would never be distracted by his social life. Nobody wanted to interact with him. The guy was half bald, you know, and he, he, he learned to project his voice. You know how? He put pebbles in his mouth go next to the ocean and learn to speak above the wave with pebbles in his mouth. And he learned to project. He stand under a, a, a knife, you know, with a point on his shoulder so that every time he twitch, he feels the pain. After a little while, he stopped twitching. Uh, understandable. Spent, in order to get rid of the contortion, he spent hours practicing before the mirror until he got it right. And that's why it was not surprising when his nation went to war, came under attack, Demosthenes was chosen as one of the orators to inspire the people. After the first speaker spoke, everybody stood up and shouted, what a marvellous speech, what a marvellous speech. But by the time Demosthenes finished, they all stood to their feet and shouted, let's go to war, let's go to war. And he finally realised his goal of using his voice to inspire a nation. This was a man driven by zeal and passion. And he paid the price to get what he lacks. And this is what zeal will do for all of us. Zeal will get you to wake up early in the morning and get on that microsite. <laughs> zeal will get you to open up your Bible and talk to God. Zeal is what gets you, you know, to, to spend time with the Lord. Zeal is what gets you to wake up, come early, serve, do all those things you do. Zeal is what gets you to go to your connect group without fail, Friday after Friday, Wednesday after Wednesday. It takes zeal to do that. Zeal is what gets all the young people here every Friday night getting ready to jump up and down, worship the Lord. That's zeal. And it takes a fire like that to build a church of substance. You know, and this morning, I want to challenge you. Ask God for a dose of zeal so that we don't become cold. That's what zeal will do for us. I want to point out for you, outline for you, three aspects of zeal that I've been meditating on. The first is this. We need to understand, first of all, that zeal can be misplaced. People can have misplaced zeal. <laughs> There's a story told about an overzealous Christian, you know, who worked as a barber in a, in a barber shop. And so he got this uh, customer, you know, that was lying there and he lathered him up to get him ready for a shave. And then he approached this guy with a razor in his hand. And then he was so passionate to preach. He asked this guy, are you ready to go and meet God? <laughs> this guy ran out, you know, with lather all over his face. That's overzealous. But you know, there are misplaced zeal everywhere. Overzealous Christians 
have been guilty of physically attacking those who perform abortions. They physically attacked them. Overzealous Christians formed the Crusades to take back Jerusalem from the Muslims and in the process slaughtered thousands of people. That's overzealous. Overzealous Christians have divided the church because we established legalistic doctrines and rules and regulations that no one could live up to. And we drove multitudes of people out of the church in total frustration. Some things, some of these things pass as spiritual zeal when actually they're just fleshly energy. They're soulish, they are not spiritual. And I think we see this vividly displayed, misplaced zeal. We see it vividly displayed in the world of terrorism, right? What drives it is zeal. The Islamic uh, concept of jihad, for example, is played out fully in Sudan. We see jihadists, you know, with misplaced zeal, physically attacking non-Muslims, looting their belongings and killing the men, tens of thousands of women and children, enslaved, bitten, set to hard labor, the women, the, the girls suffered ritualistic gang rapes, mutilation, and a life of, 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 of slave sexuality. Now, all this is a result of misplaced zeal. One biblical example I can tell you of misplaced zeal would be that of the Jews and even the great Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul himself said in Romans chapter 10, verse 1 to 3, listen to this. He said, Brothers, my heart's desire, Paul says, and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God. Do you think they are zealous? Absolutely. They are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. That's the problem. Misplaced zeal. Zeal without knowledge. And then since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Zeal is good, brothers and sisters, but it must be pointed in the right direction. Romans chapter 10 spoke about the Jews that were zealous for God, but it was misplaced zeal. Zeal without knowledge. They thought that they could be righteous by fulfilling the law, but they wanted nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul himself testified in Acts chapter 22, verse 3 and verse 4. Listen to this. I was thoroughly trained in the laws of our fathers and was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. But he has misplaced zeal. Why? Because he said, I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. See, he was zealous. He persecuted the Christians. He tried to destroy the church. And in the end, you know what? His misplaced zeal became one of Paul's biggest regrets in his life. How do I know? 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9 and 10. Listen to this. Paul himself said, For I am the least of the apostles. I don't even deserve to be called an apostle. Why? Because I persecuted the church of God. But he added this. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. You know, Paul never forgot what he did to the church in his misplaced zeal. But now his focus, his emphasis is not on that. His, his emphasis is on the forgiveness that comes out of the grace of his God. Then he tells us in Romans 12, verse 11, now never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Brothers and sisters, in FCC, don't be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor. 
And you make sure that that zeal is directed towards the service of the Lord, not to our own revolutionary idea or radical ways, but our zeal then becomes meaningful and not misplaced. Are you with me? Let it be channeled to the right cause. Here's number two. Zeal not only can be misplaced, but I think it can be misunderstood. See, once our zeal is genuine, it is godly, we must also be prepared to be misunderstood. I have discovered that people who are consumed by zeal from above tend to be radical. I mean, that's why they become different. Actually, they are normal, but they become abnormal because the normal is too hard to find. You understand? That's why the great Chinese uh, Bible teacher, Watchman Nee, wrote a book entitled The Normal Christian Life. You read it, actually, it's just normal Christian life, but it is very abnormal. The reason is because the level, the standard is so low now that the normal is abnormal. And he wrote this book, The Normal Christian Life, to call us back to it. You think about Jesus, right? Our Lord Jesus is so different from the average. You know what? His family called him insane. And his enemies described him as a demoniac, someone who is possessed by demons. How do I know? Mark chapter 3, verse 20. Listen to this. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. And when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. And then they said this, he is out of his mind. In other words, xiao liao. He is insane. You know, and the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said this, he is possessed by Beelzebub, by the prince of demons. He's driving out demons. But you know, as far as Jesus is concerned, you know what he said? He said, the zeal for your house will consume me. He's not insane. He's consumed by the zeal of God. And that's why he went on a 40-day fast. Jesus can go on a 40-day fast. That's why he drove out the merchants out of his father's house. That's why he, he, he rebuked the Pharisees for their hypocrisy. He let himself be abused by the Roman soldiers. He ended up bleeding to death on a cruel cross. Why? I tell you why. He was eaten up by the zeal of God. But who can understand him? No one could understand him. The same thing happened to Paul, you know, in Acts chapter 26, verse 24. Paul was testifying before Festus, the governor, and at this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense and said, you are out of your mind, Paul. In other words, you are insane. And he shouted, your great learning is driving you insane. So listen, brothers and sisters, they call Jesus insane. They call the apostle Paul insane. Did anybody ever call you insane? Apart from your parents, you know. Did anybody ever call you insane? Probably not, huh? Most of us are just too lame, too tame, same, same, not insane. Just lame, tame, and same, same, you know. And that's why we never had any problem. Nobody ever persecuted us. Because we're not radical enough. We're so the same as everybody else. Are you with me? If people ever call you insane, it could be the zeal of the Lord. Isn't it ironical? They called Paul insane and imbalanced because of his zeal. But he was actually the very same person who exalted the Roman Christians to develop Christian sanity, 
to develop Christian balance. He said that in Romans 12, verse 3. Listen to what Paul says here. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. That word sober judgment in the Greek, you know, sophrosune, which actually contains the idea of moderation, contains the idea of self-control. In other words, it's referring to a balanced mind that does not go into extreme. The same Paul who tell us, have a balanced mind. Don't go crazy. You know, don't be extreme. Have a balanced mind. The same Apostle Paul exhorts us in Romans 12, 11, don't be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord, which tells us this, zeal, you know, fervor, fire, balance, sanity, they can coexist. Hello? They can coexist. And here's what I think when I think of genuine zeal in the Lord. And I'm trying to picture how, how does zeal manifest itself? Uh, the best way I can think of it is like this. You know, I don't know whether you ever watch an old cartoon. I uh, don't know whether it's still on TV now or not. Uh, I grew up watching it. It's a cartoon about a sailor man by the name of Popeye. Do, do you know that one? Okay, so, okay, we, we, all, we all can identify with this. A guy called Popeye, who's a sailor man, and Popeye had a girlfriend, right, named Ollie, uh, Olive. Right, Olive. And uh, Olive was supposed to be a beautiful woman. Okay, of, of course, from the cartoon, I don't think so, but he's supposed to be a beaut. You know, where the, the cartoon itself don't quite show it, but she's supposed to be able to get all the men to whistle and all the dogs to bark whenever she walks past. And then there's this bad guy called Brutus, right? Brutus is the bad guy in the cartoon. And this guy does nasty things to Olive. And then Popeye will just take it, you know, and take it easy and all that. But at some point, Brutus is going to cross the line. And then Popeye is going to stand up and then he said these famous words, you know, that goes like this. This is as much as I can stand and I can stand it no more. It's terrible English, but he's a sailor man. Okay, so then at that point, what he'll do is he'll pop out a, a, a can of spinach, he squeezed it and then the thing pop up and then ding, suddenly he eats it and ding, his wow, muscles come into, his, into his, his arm. And the next thing you know, he bash up the guy big time. And then after that, he'll rescue Olive and then he always end with this phrase, right? I'm strong to the finish because I eat my spinach. I'm Popeye the sailor man. Paw, paw. And then the, then the story ends. It's a great story. <laughs> I like that. It's a great story. But that to me, it's a picture of zeal. It's a picture of zeal. There are some things that cause our spirit to burn with passion. There are some things that cause our inner man to boil up, you know, until we reach a point where we can, we are so consumed by the zeal of the Lord that we say, I can stand it no more. And then you do something about it. There's zeal. David came down to the battlefield. He saw this nine-foot-tall giant Goliath taunting the God of Israel. Every soldier was hiding in fear, but David says, I can stand it no more. He picked up five stones and a sling and he ran full steam ahead to, towards this nine foot tall giant. How many of you know that's not logical? That is radical. It's not logical. Crazy fella. But what did David, where did David find the courage to do that? It was the zeal of the Lord that consumed him. Jesus stepped up into the temple. He saw the merchants selling all kinds of stuff in the temple court. He saw them profiteering, you know, from the poor that came to worship God in the temple. 
and something rises within his spirit and he says, I can stand it no more. He made himself a whip and then he took on all these merchants and single-handedly drove them all out of the temple. That's not logical, that's radical. Then the disciples understood the zeal of the Lord has consumed him. Have you got some zeal today? Henry Martin was a brilliant Cambridge scholar, awarded the highest honour in mathematics. But even at the end of that, he somehow knew that he has grasped nothing but a shadow. Consumed by a zeal for the Lord and for the lost, he finally left his family, his friends, even his sweetheart, his girlfriend in England, set sail for India. But please don't think that he's some kind of unthinking lunatic. In fact, he cried all the way, you know, from England all the way to India. He cried his heart out because he knew he was leaving everything that is dear to him behind. But the zeal of the Lord was driving him. And in April 1806, Henry Martin landed in Calcutta. When he landed in India, first thing he said was this, now, let me burn out for God. Let me burn out for God. And little did he know that he would burn out so fast because seven years later, at the age of just 31, Henry Martin passed away, but not without first translating the New Testament into three major Indian languages. One biographer said this about Henry Martin, you burn with the intensity and rapid blaze of heated phosphorus. You ever seen phosphorus burn? And it's gone. It's not logical. It's radical. It was the zeal of the Lord that consumed him. Oh, for greater zeal for all of us in 2020. You cannot be content just to do church as per normal, business as usual. There must be something more. Zeal can be misplaced. We understand that. Zeal will be misunderstood. But most importantly, you need to understand, for those of us who are already feeling the zeal of the Lord, zeal must be maintained. You've got to maintain it. Jeremiah 6 verse 16 says this, Stand at the crossroad, the prophet said, Stand at the crossroads and look. This is the verse God gave me for this year. You know, you stand at the crossroads and you look. Ask for the ancient path. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. You know, I've been in ministry now for more than 30 years. And one thing I've observed over those decades is that those who consistently keep their zeal and favour and last the spiritual journey, they are those who do not stray from the ancient path. You stay with the ancient path and it will keep you on the straight and narrow. They understood that the ancient paths of the spiritual disciplines in the word and prayer and fellowship and silence, solitude and the empowering of the Holy Spirit are indispensable to a life of zeal and faith fervor. What do we actually need, you know, to keep that, to maintain that zeal in us? You know, I, I always tell the church, you make sure that in 2020, you get these five things into your spiritual life. Get these five things into your spiritual life. Okay, firstly, make sure that you keep having practical teaching in your life. Okay, don't forsake the examining of yourself together. You come to the church on Sunday, you go to a, a cell group on Friday for what? It's so that we can have practical teaching, that we continue to grow in that. 
You cannot sustain a life of zeal and fervor without practical teaching. The second thing you need is private disciplines. It's not enough just to come and listen to a sermon Sunday after Sunday. But more than that, you need your private disciplines in your life to sustain that. That's why we created this microsite. That's why we give you this 20 days devotional to get us started. Let it be a catalyst to get you started. Young people, you can maintain that too. And we do that. Have, bring the private disciplines of prayer and the study of God's Word into your personal life. Bring it into your closet. The third thing you need is, is personal ministry. How many of you know people who don't serve don't grow? Am I, am I correct? Think about it in your own life. If you don't serve, you don't grow you end up just sit, soak, and become sour. You've got to get involved. Take your gifts to the table. Contribute. And then as a result, we will grow. See, so you need practical teaching, private discipline, personal ministry. Here's number four. That you need providential relationships. Thank God for mentors in your life. Thank God for leaders in your life. Thank God for one another in the connect group. We are there to do life with a significant few. And that's how we keep our zeal and fervor going. So if you don't, if you're not yet a part of a connect group, get into one because we need those significant relationships to help us grow. And lastly, there will, this you cannot control. Pivotal events. There are stuff that happens in our life. Some of them happy, some of them sad. Things that we have no control over. But how many of you know, Whatever happens to us, if we process it right, we will grow. But you process it wrongly, you will stagnate or you become disillusioned. You process it right, you become better. You process it wrong, you become bitter. And what's going to determine that? How, how are you making sure that you can process it right? Make sure you got the first four. If you have been having time in the Word, you have been taught in the Word, you will know how to process whatever happened to you in the light of God's Word. If you've got mentors, you've got leaders in your life, you can process it with them and they will guide you. And as a result, we will grow from whatever happens, good or bad. Are you with me? We need this. And I challenge you, brothers and sisters in FCC, make sure in 2020, right from the start now, go adopt whatever you need here. The first four, you have control you can make sure these are being put into your life. So when the pivotal events come, they never topple you. It will help you, in fact, to grow. But I want to give you the six, or to me, very important X factor. And let me put it this way. You got the five. This you can control. But I give you the six X factor. Uh, any of you here have read Pilgrim's Progress? It's a very interesting um, Christian book was, uh, by John Bunyan. And let me tell you what that, that book is about. It's a, it tells an allegorical story of a man by the name of Christian. Okay? So he's obviously a picture of, Christian, of a Christian and who is on a journey of faith. And along the way, he met many different characters that portrays different aspects of the Christian faith. There's one very interesting part where Christian met a guy called Interpreter. Christian met Interpreter, who is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Okay, the interpreter was a picture of the Holy Spirit. And in interpreter's house, there was a fire. There was a kind of like a, a fireplace. And then the fire was burning. But the surprising thing was that even though there was a guy standing next to the, the fireplace, pouring water into the, in, into the fire, interestingly, the flame don't die. But it keeps springing up, keeps springing up. And then Christian was wondering, how does that happen? And then he walked behind the fireplace and then the mystery was solved. There was a guy behind the fireplace that was pouring oil into the fire. 
So somebody pour water, he pours oil, and the thing just keeps coming up. And then the mystery was solved. So what's my point? Here's the whole thing. The fire in us will die down if we do not keep pouring oil onto the flame. In the same way, the fire on the altars of our heart will fade off if we do not have the constant infilling of the Holy Spirit. If we don't have the empowering of the Holy Spirit, the fire will die off. I believe it is the work of the Holy Spirit that keeps the zeal of the Lord boiling, at boiling point in our life. Are you with me, church? Huh? You don't think so? You with me? This is so important. Romans 12, 11, so never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. You know this word fervor? You can translate it as fever also. Don't be lacking in zeal, but keep a spiritual fever serving the Lord. In other words, run a temperature for God. Get hot for God. Get the power of the Holy Spirit into our life and then come on fire for Him. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord in 2020. Let me end with this. Jim Elliot was the great American missionary who was martyred, you know, in the jungles of Ecuador. He once wrote these inspiring words in a letter to his wife, Elizabeth Elliot. And in his letter, he wrote this. We are the sheep of his pasture. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. But what are sheep doing going into the, into the gate? What is their purpose inside these courts? Is it just to blare out melodies and enjoy the company of the flock? No. These sheep were destined for one place and one place only, the altar of God. You know, their pasture feeding was for one purpose, to test them, fatten them for sacrifice. So give him thanks that you have been counted worthy of his altar and enter into his work with praise. And Jim Elliot literally lift out his words when he spilled his blood in Ecuador for the salvation of the Orca Indians. Jim Elliot was truly a man marked with passion and zeal. Second, uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 says this, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself a peculiar people. What kind of people is that? A people that is zealous of good works. And brothers and sisters, we have been redeemed. But for what? It's so that we might become a zealous people. A people who is zealous for good works. So what will it be for you, my friends, as we begin this new year in 2020? Are you going to live just to please ourselves? Or will we live to spread the name and the fame of our Lord? I think we are a chosen people, a special generation, born to a destiny, raised for such a time as this. And so, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, I want to challenge us not to couch potato our way through life. You know, that we are just serving the net and watching Netflix. But we really would give ourselves to the things of God. So I'm calling you today to a higher life, challenging you to live for what matters, a life of zeal, a life of passion in 2020. May God put some steel into our character.
put some fire in our bones so that we will passionately and zealously pursue our God. Let me finish with this. It's such a good crowd, I'll tell you this. In the late 1940s, there was an American journalist who was stationed in the city of Shanghai in, in China. True story. He watched, you know, from the balcony of his hotel as the communists at that time were looting and burning the city. He saw all this. He felt so saddened by it. He went back into his room as a journalist. He sat down and he wrote these words. And it goes like this. He says, tonight, Shanghai is burning, but I'm dying too. But there's no death so real as a death inside of you. Some men die by bullets and some go down in flames. But most men die inch by inch playing little games. Some men die by bullets and some go down in flames. But most men die little by little, inch by inch, playing little games. And I challenge you, my friends, that whatever else we do, let's not die inch by inch, little by little, just playing little games. But let's really live, you know, for what really matters. And what really matters is the exaltation of the Son of God to the ends of the earth. That's what really matters. And I think we need today a fresh fire of zeal and passion that will come upon us. That we will humbly come before God and say, God, you know, give me a zeal that will consume me, a passion that will propel me towards the things of God rather than the things of this world. And then may the zeal of the Lord consume us. May the fire of God fall and may our hearts be ignited with fresh zeal and fresh fire for 2020 and beyond. Amen. Would you stand with me, please, this morning? Thank you, Lord. Like every head bow, every eyes closed. And this, this morning, I think it's, it'll be a great way to start the new year by actually saying to the Lord, God, I, we humbly come before you to say we desperately need fresh zeal and fresh fire in 2020. We are not content just to be where we are. But God, stir up a fire within us. Give us zeal. As Paul says to us this morning, don't be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So let every head be bowed, every eyes be closed. And, and this morning, I think we want to open up a place where we can just come before God to say, God, pour that fire upon us. Now, I believe the Holy Spirit is here this morning. He's here to just give us a fresh zeal and fresh fire. If some of us here, we know we really lack that zeal. I want to recapture that fire inside. You know, as every head bow, every eyes closed, I'm going to invite you to actually come and say, God, fill me afresh for this new season, this new decade. So as the worship team leads us to sing, I'm going to open this place for you to come. Just to come, lift up your voices to God, lift up your hearts to God and say, God, fill me afresh. And then allow us to just, allow me to just pray for you and ask God to come and do something inside us. I need a fresh zeal and fire and so would you. So as the worship team leads us to sing, I invite you to come. Thank you, Lord. So let's worship Him. And then I'll invite you to come.